Ladies and gentlemen, once again it is the Mason and Friends show featuring Harvest Black, a.k.a. Brian. What's good with As well as, as well as Lady T, a.k.a. Ms. T. Meow. Me, I'm Mason, and these are my friends. Welcome to the Mason and Friends Show. What up? What up, what up? What up, what up? <sighs> Welcome back. Glad to have you back at it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is once again another Sans Jew unit, as well as Sans Big Mike episode. It's just going to be the three of us, a Leo, a Pisces, and a Virgo. Yeah. Holding it down. Yeah. I mean, quite possibly. Like it was written in the stars. That's right. It's in the stars <laughs> that uh, 4th of July weekend, myself, Lady T, and Harvest B get together for a, a little chat, a little enlightenment, a little international flavor, if you will. Why not? There's no reason not to. Why are you going to me feeling like I'm on the John Tesh radio hour I mean, it's all about the vibe, man. I like to start out with a vibe and flip shit on them. You this know what I mean? Lovely music, yeah. <laughs> Damn right. This is from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. This is a balcony scene. I believe it's where he's like, you know, by other, by any other name, would a rose not smell as sweet? Yes, that's right. I can quote a bit of Shakespeare Yo, here and there. He chased her around Shout the party. Him. Shout out Shout out to Baz Luhrmann real quick okay. This was the greatest uh, Romeo and Juliet ad- adaptation to date yo. Yeah, John Leguizamo was going hard yo. Yeah Real hard mm-hmm. Motherfucker was a gangster Tearing shit up Plus they had some cool ass cars And it was all like It was very American mm-hmm. Very fast paced Yeah Yeah But it made it it made Shakespeare so easy to understand. Uh-huh. It really did. Because I used to struggle through it in school. Well, it's like modernizing the scene and like the setting definitely helps with people being able to grasp stuff that is so complicated in its wording. Because mm-hmm. Shakespeare will say a whole lot. Well, he'll say a whole lot to say a whole little. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you like a minute and a half speech to tell you to go fuck yourself. Right. You know, and everybody's <laughs> like, damn, yo. He just told that motherfucker to like go fuck himself in a way more elaborate <laughs> way. Yeah. I used to struggle through that stuff in school. And then when I saw the movie, I I got it. I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> now I understand. It brings, so, it, it, yeah. brings it together yeah. nicely. It was one of my favorite movies growing up. Yeah, true story. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put his whole dumb thing out there, but uh, you know, me and my boy uh, Brian, uh, when we were like 12, 13, we rented that, uh, that and a the room in the same night at a sleepover party, and yo, know, like legit, we we cried. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it though. Nah, nah, it's That's it's it's good to cry, man. It's good to be real with life. Shit should make you cry sometimes, man. Life's fucked up. Sometimes it make you cry because you're happy. Sometimes it make you cry because you're sad. Sometimes because you're mad. 
But that means like you're like a real person, right? Like you're, you're feeling, you're feeling something. You're alive. Really? Plus, you need those good and bads so that you can have that ebb and flow to life where you can enjoy the good times. Like, like right now, hanging out with my people. Holiday weekend. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, a little holiday action. I don't get the I don't get the federal holiday because of my job, but I get two days off. Yay! Yeah, I took Thursday and Friday, and then I'm off on Monday too. So. That's what's up. Yeah. That's a well planned use of paid time off, lady mm-hmm. T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try every I'm now never and again. Ever. Oh. <laughs> Har- harvest me on that grind, yo. Nothing wrong with that. You do need to take a break every now and again, though. He's a man in demand. You should take a break and come up here for the Cannabis Festival August 28th. Come hang out with the Mason and French Show crew at the RFK Fairgrounds or parking lot or whatever the fuck they call it mm. in D.C. Then is it rain or shine? I sure hope it is. I ain't trying to be out there in the rain for real, for real. Because yeah, you know they ain't going to give you your money back if you don't right, come. Right, I know. Bring an umbrella. You can do that. True, but not if it's lightning. I'm not standing up there with. You're so worried. I'm scared. (laughs) I don't fuck with lightning. But all right, we'll see what happens. Lightning's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, that shit like blows trees in pieces and burns down houses and forests and. Right. You know. It'll explode power lines and. Damn right. It's destructive. Mm hmm. Man, I found a lot of samples that I didn't even know about just flipping this whole... You hear that? You hear that, Harvest? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's slim, man. Hi, my name is... Uh-huh. <laughs> that was yeah, the that, album in oh, high school. That was the jam. about Lord Jamar not thinking that Eminem could have his props in hip-hop? I think Lord Jamar's a racist fuck. And uh, I think that... Uh, was it Lords of the Underground? Is that what he's a part of? Who was the group that he was with? No, uh... Brand, brand, new- brand Nubian. I think Brand Nubian did some dope I ass. This. I, oh, my bad. But uh, <laughs> like Brand Nubian did some dope ass okay. shit. But Say that again. I said that Brand Nubian did some dope oh, ass yeah. shit. But that Lord Jamar is a fucking racist. I mean, because Brand Nubian, they also had uh, what Sadat X in there, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's Sadat X is dope, but I don't think he's a racist. But. I think that Lord Jamar is, and I think it's sad because I think there's so much cool people making hip-hop these days that to try to tell people that they shouldn't be allowed to do it based on something as trivial as the color of their skin is uh, like really counterproductive to what I've always thought like this country is supposed to be about. You know, that's how I've always felt that like I'm going to make friends with people like regardless of whether or not society tells me I should be friends with them based on some trivial bullshit like the color of their skin or their fucking uh, ethnicity or their religious background or whatever. Like, people can be into all kinds of shit and not be an asshole, and I can enjoy their company. That's like I was saying, if you're a cool earthling, like, I'm, I'm trying to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Lord Jamar is a cool earthling at this point because of the way he's treated white rappers. <laughs> Quite frankly, how many well, white rappers are there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I can only think of two. <laughs> well, like, there's a there's a good number. There's certainly more than there was when Eminem came out. 
Yeah, he was the only one, right? And Vanilla Ice. <laughs> I mean, there was like the Beastie Boys. Yeah, the Beastie Boys. And Everlast. That was, he, he was before them, though. No, no, he I wasn't. Mean, no, yeah. they were before no. him. That's uh-huh. what I meant. Yeah. Well, they were also like, I'm pretty sure the first rap group to go uh, platinum. There's Jack Harlow now. He's pretty okay. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I really like what Yellow Wolf does. <laughs> and I think Prof is a really dope white MC. And there's like Ritz and there's a number of other like Southern rappers that I think are good white rappers. But and not then, that have blown up like Eminem did, right? Well, but I don't think the that Beastie many Boys. rappers have blown up like Eminem or the Beastie Boys have recently like i can't think of any rapper that i really consider to be at like that cultural level of what an eminem or a jay-z or a tupac or or any of these like real big name rappers like there's no rapper i look at nowadays and i'm like oh yeah that guy's clearly the current version of what dmx was in 1999 you know what i mean like there's nobody doing that shit but it's i think because of the the way that the internet has changed the culture of music that it's just, I don't know if it can be the same as what mm-hmm. it was for, I feel like Eminem was one of the last really large, big draw, mainstream rap artists. And he's yeah. in the talks, like, yeah. with the greats, you know, up there with right. Biggie and Jay-Z and them. Well, I mean, I feel like his, he's he's been up and down. There's been albums of his that I've really liked and albums that I haven't liked, but like, his first record is just so dope. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't. Sure. I can't ever be like, oh yeah. I can't ever knock him because that first record, that Slim Shady LP, was just so amazing. And the, there were a couple after that that I really yeah. liked too. But what do? You, how do you feel about Lord Jamar being so anti-white people in rap? My my whole thing is like you know, KRS One said it best. He, said a dope MC is a dope MC with or without a record deal all can see. Uh-huh. I, I can't take nothing away from Eminem. Eminem is dope. You know, he said Lord Jamar said that black people don't listen to Eminem. Uh, I listen to Eminem. I did. And you can connect to anybody who is speaking from a place of their own of evolution. And a lot of people who aren't willing to do that, you know, it's like, you know, you get people to wear masks, but Hip-hop has always been the voice of the disenfranchised, so the disenfranchised doesn't necessarily, you know, have a color. There are people who, you know, it, it originated in the Bronx and in the war, war the war tour ghettos, but it's, 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 it's grown so much that people have identified using it to have their own vehicle and their voice when it's done right. I can't take nothing away from them person i can't take nothing away from him because it's like his story and his truth in music you know and it translates to me like oh i don't know this man personally but he he you know that he's using his truth in such a clever way as far as wordplay vernacular cadence i can connect to it i can listen to it i'm not going to write him off i can't write somebody off that is telling you their story. I think that it's it, it, it's it's stale and, and deafening for Lord Jamar to say that he can't connect with something that he don't understand, you know? Because Eminem definitely can connect to listening to, you know, the greats and his opinions and connect to those stories that help develop his craft and his skills. Skill is skill all day, you know what I'm saying? Well, and it's but like... there's a difference between 
YouTube. Nah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Whoops. Well, I was going to say, and like, I, I, what I was going to say, <laughs> motherfucker, yo, we did it to each other. <laughs> go ahead, dude. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fine. I, I'll wrap this up real quick. Uh, you can tell the difference between somebody who's trying to play a character and where uh, our, our, our culture is a mask and pretending to be something that they're not versus somebody who's trying to be genuine in the game and exhibit skill. Cause you have like a lot of dope rappers like who are themselves like, okay, for instance, you got Little Dicky, you have LP, mm -hmm. uh, R.A. The Muck, the, the Rugged Man, you got Action Bronson, and shout out to Mac Miller too. You know what I'm saying? These are people to me who have come into the culture and have just like shown original uh creativity so i will say shout out to them you know i've listened to them but you know i love hip-hop but you have to realize for yourself when something is disingenuous you know i can't really rock with something that's not and you know i think real mcs and real listeners and people who love the culture like really really love the culture can tell the, the difference people aren't stupid you know Sure. I think it's dumb that uh, Lord Jamar hasn't embraced hip hop. That's just his closed mind, though. Like, everything's not for everyone, yeah. you know? And if he chooses to keep his mind closed like that, then it's not for him. You know what I mean? Like, it's also sad, though, to me. Like, that, yeah, it's that, sad when people can't. That you people know. are still closing their minds like that. Mm -hmm. Like, it would be like saying that, like, French people or Spanish people or anybody that doesn't speak English shouldn't be allowed to have their own rap in their own language. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can't rem I remember, like, listening to a, uh, a French hip-hop channel on my uh, iTunes years ago, and I loved it because they had these dope-ass beats. I couldn't tell what the fuck they were saying, but they had right. dope-ass <laughs> flows, and it's great. Like, French, French hip-hop is amazing. So is, like, like any language of hip-hop that I don't speak, I can still vibe with it if it's dope rap. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I can just tell. I know. I know this is good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's touching culture, and it, it is provided work for people who don't even like the music. <laughs> well, that's for sure, but that's what art has done forever. Artists provided a way, a way for people to make money that don't do anything other than exploit artists. That's why it's a beautiful thing that now, nowadays we can like do what we're doing independently. Like we couldn't have done this when we were twelve, Brian. You know what I mean? Like we can, nah. we can do this now. Now that we're like almost forty and shit, or forty or however old you are, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we'd be old as shit, but like now the technology is like coming along. And we can do the things that we wanted to do when we were 15. Like, if we could have this going on when we were 15, who knows where we'd be by the time we're this age. But the world wasn't like this then, you know? But the reason we're able to do this is because we're adapting with the world and trying to get better at shit and trying to, like, be included with people and allow motherfuckers to be coming along with us and doing the shit we like to do. Because I don't, I don't want to do, like, it's just me or it's just me and the Jew or whatever. Like... I want to have this diverse group of friends and people that I get to talk to on occasion and like continue to enjoy the relationships that I've had in life because I now live in a world where I can do that. Like, you know, when I was 15 and I would move from one school to another three hours away to a totally different region, I could pick up the phone and call like a friend back home or where I used to live. But it's not the same as 
as being connected to him now, like I can hit him up on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. I can, I can send him an email. I can call him on the phone. I can Zoom with a motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's just such a different world. Like, it's like a guy like Lord Jamar hating on a rapper just because he's white. I'm like, that's just, just, just stupid. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, it's just as stupid and closed minded as any other, like, racist, racist <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's important to be in tune. If, and if something's disingenuous, you you just you kind of know. Um, Eminem is he's paid his dues, and there's nothing that nobody can really take away from him, whether you like it or not. Damn right. But it's a beautiful thing because it, like Eminem literally was like a cultural shift in the world, like. Because, you know, like, racism's been going on for a long time, and it, it goes in all directions. Like, people dislike people or say people shouldn't be able to do something for a long time. Like, I remember being a kid and being into rap and, and pe- people being like, you shouldn't be into rap because you're white. Like, really? I shouldn't be into hip-hop and, and all that stuff because of the color of my skin? What kind of stupidity is that? Right? And well, then, yeah, then Eminem came along and proved it all wrong again. What was that? I was just saying there's a big difference between appropriation and appreciation, you know, and um, giving credit where credit is due. Well, that's for sure. But like, you know, just like being accepting of anybody doing any kind of art, like this is art. You can't tell people they can't do it based on anything, let alone the color of their skin or their, their gender or any of that stuff. Like, their religion, like, you know, they're really dope rappers that are into all kinds of crazy stuff. They're really great musicians that are in all kinds of crazy stuff. And like, you know, it's like some people might say Bill Cosby isn't funny, but the people that appreciated the funny things that Bill Cosby did, like I can't sit here and, and, and hate on when I was a little boy watching the Cosby show because now I don't like Bill Cosby. I can't like be mad at the child that I was and join the Bill Cosby show because of what the man in me now knows Bill Cosby to be or highly suspects Bill Cosby to be you know what I mean Um, and that's a shame like I'm disappointed in Bill Cosby that's more what I feel than anger I'm like damn Bill you're a disappointment man like I never raped bitches you got so much more going on in life and you're raping these bitches like you could get some of them without having to rape them yeah, that's we, the. I, I'd be more interested. Was that you breaking up, R? Oh no, I stopped because Lady T was talking. I wanted to be quiet. Bye. Oh no, I just said that's the twisted part. Is like, it's not that he doesn't know that he could get what, any rapist, right? It's not that you don't know whether or not you can get women without having to rape them, but it's like the control and the like, yeah, you know, like the forcing it like that part of it. That's why they do stuff like that. That's the sick part. Well, and it's like it seems to me that Bill Cosby was like trying to like eliminate the memory of the event from the individual's head. All the stuff that I have heard about him. Like, which is like a level of control that to me is like so much more beyond the, the jerk off that grabs a bitch in a parking lot and rapes her. Yeah. What, what about a completely unconscious 
woman or you know like someone who does not have control over themselves is sexually um appealing arousing to you right it's like on the verge of necrophilia yeah (laughs) right like how many bitches did bill cosby kill and then have sex with the dead body before he stuffed him into an acid barrel and left him in the backyard for six months or a couple years you know what i mean like how much more twisted could bill cosby possibly be i mean he, he like this could be the tip of the fucking iceberg yeah when people have darkness like that and then you wonder that's you know? what i'm saying he's so dark i'm like bro mm-hmm. like you did this to probably hundreds if not thousands of women yeah. like just because like 60 or 70 have come forward everybody acts like oh well that's clearly it no way man the percentage of the people that had it happen to him that ha- have come out is i mean probably 12 yeah 12 percent of the ones he did it to yeah. would, would be my guess and then to still like look those 70 women in the face and be like that didn't happen yeah i didn't do that to you bitch you're crazy mm. man it's so dark <laughs> yes it's awful uh there's I'm- people like that in the world though and that's why you have to protect your energy <laughs> well that's that's the thing like it's it's so it's so terrible like it, it doesn't like ruin my day that bill cosby's been freed mm-hmm. but like it there's a there's a level of darkness there that like i feel for the women that felt like there yeah. was some justice for them yeah. and what they had been through and and I, it's a slap in the face when bill cosby comes out and he's doing that little walk slow and then he's looking over his shoulder all sideways and making a funny face behind the lawyer i'm like dude Mm-mm. like you are not reading the room right now man yeah you should cover your face and go to your house and shut the fuck up and be thankful that you're out because you know R. Kelly pissed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if they let R. him Kelly's out. Still, uh, <laughs> oh, he ain't getting out. You R. Kelly kidnapped though. bitches and wouldn't you let him go back really home. Weird, <laughs> What's weird, Harvest? It, it was weird when it was weird when Bill Cosby like it first came out and he was just like still showing up, like chilling, like. He was doing, he was playing drums at a nightclub and still touring and trying to like, I'm like, yo, you need, you just need to, you need to take a sit down, dude, and just like really think for a second. If I was Bill Cosby, I would have, I would have gone to the, to the French, France, wherever, uh, Roma Polanski stays in France, I'd have bought a house next to his ass and been like, yo, what's up? Where's the party at? I'd have left if I was Bill Cosby. I, I got the money. I'm leaving. I'm going to take all these doctorates and, and fucking honorary do- doctor degrees that all these different universities gave me. And I'm going to take them to France and I'll put them on my wall and I'm going to park my yacht next to my fucking Roman Polanski's yacht and I'm just going to leave. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been better for him. He'd have been better off if he had just left. He tried to stay and now everybody thinks he's a rapist. If he had just left, they'd have been like, well, he's probably a rapist, but we don't really know. He didn't go to court. But I wonder if they got at him while he was in there, though. Like, Oh, you think somebody got to him? I don't, I mean, like I they don't raped know. Him? I don't know. Or I don't, but I would like to think, I uh, hope they so. They do it. They do it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I hope they did. Because now he's out. So it's like, there's no more justice anymore. So like, at least let him take a whooping or so, like, let him get his ass beat. He let couldn't him take a whooping. Something. No, you see him like his eyes all crooked. He no, can't take a whip. Like, what is he like? He is eighty something. Something. Let them punk him. Something. <laughs> Please do something so that you know there's a consequence, like a long-term, lasting 
you know, consequence. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but... No, I understand. That's why I'm upset that he's out of jail. Because to me, that's like the long-term consequence for him. It's like, all right, dumbass, you're going to jail. Like, you raped all these girls. You got away with it for years and years and years. You made movies with Sidney Poitier and all kinds of bad motherfuckers. And now... Wait, okay. Let's get something straight. Uptown on Saturday Night was dope. It was a classic. That's what I'm saying. He made some dope movies with some dope people. The but, Cosby Show was good shit. Like I, yeah. I watched that shit when I was a kid. Like I'm not saying I wasn't entertained by Bill Cosby. So yeah. I wasn't. Oh that come was on! You, ain't, you just set up Town Saturday Night with some dope shit, and you weren't entertained. Come on now. No, okay. I, yeah, I, I take it back. I take it back. That was double dipping. I was uh, double dipping the pool there. Yeah, uh, Bill Cosby did some dope stuff. I won't take that. You can't take that away from him, you know? I, I've i always, like, I was more of a Richard Pryor fan than Bill Cosby, personally. Oh, who I mean, wasn't? You can like all of them, but, like, I always felt like, uh, you know, Bill Cosby always had to put on, like, a facade, almost. Oh, it's because he was raping girls, Brian. He had to like he had to put on that nice guy facade. He couldn't be rapey, you know. He had, <laughs> he had to be rapey in his private life, life and not his personal public life. Rapish, you know? He couldn't be rapish. Yeah. That's like uh, Doctor Hannibal Lecter probably helped some people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like people are like, man, that psychiatrist is the one to help me. He never ate me. I guess I wasn't that tasty looking or something, you know? It's like, what about the bitch that Bill Cosby mentored and never raped? Does she feel like she's less than? She's success now. Right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's wacky. It's just wacky. It's just a damn shame is what it really is. Like, I liked Bill Cosby. I never wanted to be like, oh, I better not buy that Bill Cosby record, you know, because that'd be supporting a rapist. Like, I've already supported the rapist as much as I can. And I don't want to support him anymore. I don't buy Jello. I don't even like Jello. This is, this is going to sound like a bad joke, but a Bill Cosby record will put you to sleep. <laughs> yeah, not as quick as his drinks will. Yeah. Stand up, man. Oh, my God. Oh, I haven't heard. I don't think I've listened to any of his old stand He's got an old routine about Spanish Fly. And like when I heard that he was raping bitches, I was like, that Spanish fly routine comes right to mind. I'm like, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, why would he say that? Like, you don't just say stuff like that. It's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of truth is said in jest, you know? Uh huh. More (laughs) MMs. But like, motherfucking, it's like Bill Cosby is like, he's the greatest disappointment of the year. And we just get it all rubbed back in our face now that he's like out of jail. It's like, Oh wow, you're you're this level of disappointment and you even managed to play the system so that you're not gonna be punished any more than you already have for what you've very likely done. Diabolical. His show was the first show that I ever remember like laughing out loud to. Like when I was a little kid, you know, like real little. I remember that was one of the first shows that ever had me cracking up laughing, literally. So it was a funny show. Yeah, it was part of. It's a big part of my show. Yeah, you remember the barbecue oh, yeah, barbecue the sauce? Show. You remember the barbecue sauce? Yeah. Made everybody horny and have sexy times. 
Like that was part of the routine. Like his his show, he was talking about rapey shit in that episode anyway. Like he took the barbecue sauce away from the little boy Kenny that would have been fucking uh, Rudy. Oh lord. <laughs> Remember that shit he had? He was like, yeah, Felicia, I've got that motherfucker up there on the uh, nightstand so we can have some before we get freaky dicky up in this motherfucker. He was always trying to get some from from Claire. He was always trying to get some. See, but that's what he was doing, right? He was playing that sweet guy on the TV. Yeah. Like, let me, like, snuggle up with you and, like, you know, I'll rub my boner on your leg and we'll get it on. You know what I mean? Like, that's how he was treating Claire, but... He wasn't treating uh, Vanessa like that. But he was... Off know, air anyway, you know? like just Playing what? the family man, the good husband, and all that. Playing that character, yeah. Right, telling Eddie Murphy what he can and can't say while he's raping bitches. <laughs> yeah. So, so can, can you blame uh, uh, Cliff Huxtable for the crimes of Bill Cosby? No, I don't. That's why... Yeah, I, obviously, one's a character and one... Look, I think Cliff Huxtable was a good man. Yeah. But he was written by a bad man. Right, played played by a (laughs) not-so-good. Yeah, he acted by a bad man. There it is. Cliff Huxtable was acted by a bad man. Hey, you know, Kevin Spacey played some good characters in movies, too, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like Chinatown. I was playing Chinatown before we got on air in the background, the music from it. And, like, Roman Polanski is a fucking rapist, but he made some good movies. And, like, I mean, he's a convicted child rapist. Like, he raped a 13-year-old. And then he left the country. And he still makes movies. And motherfuckers make movies with him. Yeah. You know, and I try not to hold that against him because I'm like, as an artist, like if Roman Polanski was like, would you like to act in this movie? I'd be like, yes, Mr. Polanski. You know, straight up. I'd be like, are you going to pay me? Maybe I could like make a living not working, selling car parts and shit. (laughs) (sighs) All right, Mr. Rape. I mean, Roman, like I will do your movie. What do you need? What are we doing here? Yeah. It's about a young director that has sex with a 13-year-old. Okay, well, can I be like the cop that, like, arrests you and not, like, the young rapist? <laughs> I didn't like... I hated the way Chinatown ended, yo. Like, it's dark, bro. It's straight up dark. It it's bleak. Dark, it's 70s bleakness. It sad. It should have made you sad. Yeah, man. It made me really sad. Because it was like... Even in that, there was... The guy was a pedophile that had the little girl. Um, and got away with it. Yup. So, yeah. I Just guess like. He was telling on himself right there. Exactly. That was a glimpse into reality. Yup. Where, how do you think it was so well written? Yep. It seemed so real. It seemed so dark because it was really written by a fucking pedophile rapist. Hell yeah. Can we shout out Jack Nicholson, yo? Because he went hard to get into internet. He's a gangster, man. Jack Nicholson is the fucking man, even if he is a Lakers fan. Always and forever. And I don't even have a problem with the Lakers. Like, I'm just not that guy. Like, I like if I went to L.A. and was making movies and doing comedy and all that shit, I would be at the Lakers game when they played the fucking Wizards with a Bullets jersey on. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be standing there clapping and cheering, giving okay. giving high fives to Bradley Beal and, and, and Westbrook. Like... Motherfuckers would know me because I'd be the Wizards fan in the Bullets gear at the fucking game that is like was in that one movie they saw. Do you remember that B movie we saw with that dude Mason? Yeah, that's him front row at the motherfucking Lakers game. 
rooting for the bullets. You know, you know what's crazy? It only dawned on me on my way back home. Remember when we went to that show? I was performing in D.C. a few years ago, and the guy that was the opening act did this whole song about a wizard girl, and he was talking about the actual Washington Wizards dance squad. And it didn't dawn on me till I was on my way home. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, we were in the mix, dude. That was D.C. <laughs> like, that dude, there was this crazy guy there rapping insane and and laughing and giggling and all throughout his shit. Like, that, and he was one rapping about all kinds of D.C. shit. Yeah, you missed out, dude. You, you weren't in on the local culture. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I had no idea. I was really... I was I was I was lost on it for some reason. Yeah, he was singing a song about a wizard's girl. We could probably find that dude. But yeah, like you were what in the is, mix. I wonder what he's doing. He was on some goofy shit. I don't remember who the fuck he was, but he made me laugh, man. He reminded me of Sour Shoes on the Howard Stern show. This goofy guy that would call up and play music and sing goofy ass songs and shit. Had all these voices. That dude was doing that bit like as a as a DC local rapper. Oh, okay. Yo, that was a great night. We went to Panda Express, and that was like the first time I ever ate Panda Express. And I thought, <laughs> it like, oh my God, I have to have this every day. Well, Panda Express. I'm huh? glad I got to expand your palate, sir. <laughs> to Panda Express. Panda Express. They make better Chinese food in the world, <laughs> yeah. too, man. You could get better Chinese food. I know there, it, there's another level to that. Yeah, Pan Express is like just the beginning, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine <laughs> you go to one of those faux places on diners, drive-ins, and dives, and you'll be blown away. Ugh, I love faux so much. Yeah, dude, the world is the world's coming up. Like it's like I go down and visit my homie down in Roanoke, you know, where he's doing his soul sessions thing, and uh, there's a lot more culture coming into that town than I think there was when we were in high school. Wouldn't you agree? Oh well, yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're in a place where, I mean, Roanoke is still unfortunately top ten most segregated cities in the country. Damn, is it? Um, <laughs> apparently, it's important to uh, get out of our comfort zones. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I'm go- well. Interesting. Yeah, shout out to Roanoke. Uh, get your shit together and stop being so segregated, you bastards. Wow. Uh, Everybody's pretty cool if you just uh, talk to him. I, I love. <laughs> He's like, yeah, don't talk about home. my city you like know what that. I'm saying? This is home. Yeah, dude. Like, that's definitely. Uh, you're doing things, man. You're like, you're like Mr. Fucking Roanoke down there, dude. It's unreal. My brother used to live there. Uh oh. For um, a little while. And my best friend from high school, she used to live down there, but she would move to Richmond. I never went down there, though, so that's news to me. I, I never got to visit them. I never really realized how segregated it was outside of, like, it was there was, like, a clear, like, uh, racial discomfort. Mm. Like, like, the high school I went to it was, like, there were people that thought it was cool to be racist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, y'all are fucking stupid. Like, y'all are just straight up ridiculous. But it was like uh, that culture there. It was fucking not cool. But I never, like, applied it to the whole city yeah. when I thought about it. But, I mean, 
It starts in the home, though, I feel like. I feel like that, too. So. You got to teach your kids yeah, not to I, I, judge I think, people by the color of their skin. Yeah, I, I think that um, we're just so used to being in our own, like, comfort zones. And, and some people just don't really connect. And then you have this culture where people just kind of they're just used to what they're used to and it's sad and um we had this situation okay i'll give you a situation i had uh it was a couple of years ago i was supposed to dj a gig and i got there and the bouncer was like looking at me like uh what what are you gonna play what are you gonna do what do you and i, I mean i'm just kind of looking at him like uh you know, I just came to play my music. You know, I, I came to do me, you know, and have people enjoy what I do. But I think people just already have this thing where they're going to put you in a box. They're going to they're going to they're going to tell you, oh, we already know what you're about before you even got a chance. But like when I finally got to going and playing the music and mixing it up, and, you know, DJing and having a good time with the crowd, even when I was doing the band thing. Um, people, uh, they, they started gravitating to it because it was just something out of the box. And if we just got out of a place of our comfort zones and just checked out the different things um, and gave it a chance, you just never know what you'll get. And well, I think that's like uh, Lady T was saying, that's something that's got to be cultivated in the home with children and shit. Yeah. You got to be like, oh, well. I know all you want to have is chicken fingers and fries, you little bastard, but... <laughs> Red Baron pizza. Right, we're going to go to this faux place and have these fucking, you know, uh, duck livers or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, just and, try something. Right, and it's going to be delicious. And if you don't eat it, then, you know, you'll be hungry. And I'll eat your fucking duck livers, you little bastard. I don't give a fuck. That's I like the Red Baron, though, yo. Those pizzas do bang. I mean, Red Barons are pretty dope. They were all right, though. No, um, Junior is the one who put me on to the Red Baron. The <laughs> one time he stayed at the house with my son, um, he refused to eat anything but Red Baron pizza. And I told you, I said, man, you need to expand his palate, please. Oh, dude, he's horrific. <laughs> like, the Jews got a terrible palate. That boy got the worst, man. And the worst thing is, the boy is going to grow up thinking that a kitchen is supposed to be stinking. And like dirty and like, dirty, a dirty, know. stinking ass kitchen. That's the way kitchens are, because right. that's what the Jew does, right? Like we're at the Jew's house, right? I go into the bath of the, the kitchen earlier, and I was just holding my nose. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even hold my nose; I just held my breath. I went in. <laughs> he went out of town, left dishes and stuff. Oh, absolutely. See, he leaves it funky, man. He makes a funky mess. Like this dude will cook chicken and then leave the chicken like funk just chilling on the on the pan mm-hmm. for like days. And I'm like, dog, what is wrong with Ew. you, bro? He's amazing. Yeah, he's special. He is real special. <laughs> he's a special one. Yeah. I went to the beach for one day and I was like, nope, clean this, take the trash out, do this, let the hamster run around for a little while, right. like water the plants, <laughs> like do all of this just in case, like for some reason, you know, just do all of it. Damn right. I don't want to come home to nothing funky or growing. Well, and you want to or... come home to something you can make a new mess in and not to an old-ass mess. Yeah, you have to start cleaning up right away as soon as you get back, you know. Get home and relax. For sure. That's a metaphor for life, too, yo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, keep things clean. Clean it up as quick as you can. Mm-hmm. Make that mess. Make don't the mess. Right, make the mess as small as you can. Clean it up as quick as you can. 
and and keep trying to get the shit done you're trying to get done. Yeah, but the red yeah, baron pizza is good. That's because people don't like to fucking cook, right? So you just throw that Red Baron in the oven. Yeah. Let that bitch get right. I like them burn up, though. I like them nice and dark and crispy. Crisp on the outside, yeah. 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 I got some pizza at home. I'm going to have to go have a slice when I get there. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hungry, so I'm eating lunch when I leave here. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a fast, though. What kind of fast? Like, straight water fast? Or like... Yeah, I've been drinking number water. And eating like a lot of high protein and um, just eating like two meals a day and just trying to like maintain because I know that during COVID, I let I let things get out of control. Like I was just like really door dashing like every day. I was going through like this big depression and, uh, you know, life was just kind of falling down at the time. So I was like, Yo, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to eat and I'm going to drink and, you know, just let it be what it is. And then I turn around and I'm like, yo, I'm not healthy. This is not, this is not good for me. And so, like, you know, I've been working out and trying to get things back to a place where I'm uh, just feeling good, you know, because I, I know I was miserable and I wasn't doing my best. Well, shout out for Har- to Harvest Black for trying to improve your life, man. Mm-hmm. Little bits by little bits, That's as it. Mike would say. Keep grinding, man. We all got to do it. You know, we all got to try to like better ourselves and not not be in the 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 funky depression all the time. And I think a lot of that's like staying busy and trying to do better things, trying to get better at stuff. Like like at work, right? For the last like couple of years, especially with the pandemic, shit's been like okay. Well, there's some downtime, and you know. At the job, it's like, well, what can I really do to, like, get better at anything? And I'm telling you what, I've taught myself how to write left-handed pretty damn well. I'm doing a whole lot of shit left-handed that I've never done. And I, I feel like I'm on the verge of ambidextrous. And, I, I, you know, that's an improvement. You know what I mean? And that's, like, something you can do at work. You can just ABC it with your left hand or your non-dominant hand and just, just stay busy. You know, like, don't let that motherfucking grind of just waiting on the phone to ring to answer it and be like, yeah, no. You know, how can I disappoint you today? Jaguar Land Rover Parts, how can I disappoint you? <laughs> you know. Oh, yes, sir, that's going to be eight weeks. It's on back order. I'm going to need you to prepay for that motherfucker, and that's not unrefundable. <laughs> All right. Thank you for thank you for stopping by. Hey, welcome to Can't Get Right Jaguar Land Rover. <laughs> how can I disappoint you today? <laughs> that was my life. Mm-hmm. For a year and a half. And hopefully it's getting better. But, you know, in that time, I've taught myself how to write left-handed. I can dribble a basketball like a motherfucker with my left hand. Because if we have all this downtime at work, I'll just be dribbling the basketball. You know. Like, I'm having a good time with it, man. I've been throwing left-handed. Throwing at the trash can at work. I ball up the paper that I wrote a bunch of ABCs and shit on with my left hand. And threw it at the paper trash can with my left hand. Got paper balls all over the place. But I have improved, man. I've gotten better at something. You know, there ain't much you can do at work. You know what I mean? I feel like I, I got to be here. I can't, like, go do things to get better at, you know, and I can't really get too into writing at work because as soon as I start writing something, motherfuckers are going to come along and be like, hey, man, I need you to disappoint me on this car part. And I'm going to be like, all right, here you go. And then I'm, I've, I've, you know, lost my mojo because I'd be disappointing motherfuckers all day, and that's just bad for the vibe. Yeah. You know, I don't like disappointing. I want to get yeah. you the part that you want, man. I just can't. It's not available. You gotta evolve. You gotta grow. You can't just be stagnant. Yeah. Uh, I found out 
myself. But, but yo, you, you gotta, you can't be halfway about it. You have to, either you are or you're not, and you can't bring the old you back into your new life. Period. Yeah, you don't want to backstep. You don't want to slide back into old. Even if it's comfortable. Like, get a little discomfort. Grind, yeah. grind on this shit. Yeah. No such thing as comfortable. Well, that's good. You can pull yourself out of your depression because, you know, some people can't. And it says something that you can, like, recognize that you're in a low place. But then also switch your mindset to do something about it to figure out something positive because people don't want to like sit in that feeling, you know, so then you try to numb it right away. But if you like realize it, you know, and analyze it and then figure out what you're going to do about it, Mm -hmm. that's how you heal yourself instead of staying in that low place and sinking into addiction or something like that. You got to make a plan and like execute that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You got to let yourself feel it for a minute so you can get through it, get on the other side, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only, I think, I think in my situation personally, it was like, I had, I think the, the pandemic was really like a, reset almost you had you had nothing but time to deal with yourself you had nothing mm-hmm. but time and it was like you know instead of trying to grab hold of a life that wasn't really mine like that you know i i, I had to sit and think you know and when i say a, a life like mine it, it, it was like you're holding on to the rat race portion of just going and doing mindlessly instead of like really thinking about uh, your future and the things that you can do to better yourself. And so it was like, I had nothing but time to really think about how I wanted to move going forward and how I wanted to grow going forward. I I locked myself in the closet and decided to make myself an album and then like really think about my feelings and, you know, spend time to say, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. You take those dark things and those things that are dark and you find gems and figure how to move forward. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that, you know, if you've been breathing, you're breathing and you're alive, you can really uh, find yourself trying to evolve a purpose and know that if you're breathing, you beat 100% of your circumstances. Yeah. That's more of that believe in yourself and keep striving shit. Keep striving to get better. Amen. You know? Because you can fucking do it. Ladies and gentlemen, with that said, we're going to have to wrap this episode up. Amen. We're going to run up against our time limit here. I'm going to do like I did the last episode and just put on a random Jew Unit song after this shit. I haven't decided. I haven't planned it out. I'm, you know, got the homie on the Zoom, so I want to make sure that... Plus, I have the music on the fucking iPad that we're running zoom on so i can't run that shit right now so okay. you know it is what it is but i will blend in a g unit song at the end of this and uh you know so stay tuned after the little spiel at the end for our usual ridiculous song and uh you know like i said man be nice to people that look like you and be nice to people that don't look like you don't be a dick mm-hmm. and as mike would say Amen. little bits by little bits keep grinding mm-hmm. protect keep, your energy Yep. Yeah. Oh. That you would say something along the lines of mirror. And, uh, you know, 
we are uh, going to good con- advice. We're, that's great advice. We're going to continue <laughs> to try to bring you quality programming here at the Mason and Friends Show. I'm hoping to get a video thing going and put it up on Patreon, uh, so we can drive a little bit of a little bit of fundage towards this here show, hopefully, for maybe a liker or two out there. But uh, these are things coming in the next few months, so uh, be patient with us, and we'll continue to try to improve the audio quality as well as the uh, experience overall. So. Uh, you know, like I said before, we love you very much. And uh, Harv, stay on. We'll talk to you a sec after this spiel at the end. And I'll finish up my recording here. And once again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we love you very much. And uh, peace be with you. Bye. Salute. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to help support the show, please go to www.patreon.com slash the letter M perfect entertainment there's a link in the description of each show at the bottom if you just scroll down you'll see the imperfect patreon account link if you're an apple user please take the time to give us a five star review on the purple podcast app on your apple device this conversation can serve no purpose anymore goodbye what do you need that shit for? Sitting on the topic. You're going in like motherfucking Rocky. Rocky, what, seven? Something like that. Getting fucking physical up in this bitch. Getting fucking physical up in this bitch. Have you ever motherfucking seen a girl like that? Looking at that motherfucker sitting over there. Let me give you my motherfucking number. Yes, sir. It's a motherfucking legit. Everything's there. I'm going to give you the Correct digits when I give you my motherfucking number. You can hit me back, baby girl. The fucking text are coming now. Yes, I had a pause and breathe back away from motherfucking bike. I gotta breathe, gotta breathe, baby boy. Gotta breathe. Crazy bad, crazy bad, crazy bad. Yes, sir. When you ain't got no motherfucking topic, all you gotta do is get back to what you fucking know. What you know is crazy bad. Oh my god, this is hard. Oh my god, this is hard. Motherfucking Rocky 7. Oh my god, what's it gonna be? Yes, sir. I love that shit, love that shit, love that shit It's gonna be on like Donkey Kong now It's gonna be on like Donkey Kong now It's gonna be on like Donkey Kong Oh yes, 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 yes. What's it gonna be? Those you sitting at me looking at you What's it gonna be? I ain't got nothing, no, I ain't got nothing Just mumbering Bunch of gibberish Bunch of gibberish I'm sitting at Mike Gonna be a motherfucking day Dedicated to motherfucking KP JC, what's that gonna be? Spit that motherfucker, lyrics, you just kicking that beat on a pause break. Let the motherfucker spit the vine, let it go back, regurgitate some fucking words. Yes, yeah, so we can hit the mics to the good shit now. Getting fucking physical. Gotta back up and breathe, gotta back up and breathe, gotta back up and breathe, gotta back up and breathe. I got back up and breathe, gotta back up and breathe. I think I'm gonna drown when I'm not in the water. How you going? Fucking drown if you're not in the water. How you gon' fucking drown if you're not in the water? How the fuck you gon' drown if you're not in the water? You do drown and suffocate it on damn air. How the hell? What the fuck? How you? Oh shit! Yes, I love that shit. 
I love this shit when they kick some different shit in the background. Make you fucking stop it. Listen to this shit. You don't even wanna rap. You just wanna take it in. Listen to that motherfucking musical rhyme. Oh my god, here it is. Yes, sir. One more time. Oh my god, what side? What's it gonna be? Everybody looking at me. Rocket Bottom Studio coming through in 2014. Let the motherfucker drop first time in the motherfucking studio this year. First time in the studio this year. First time in the motherfucker studio this year. Ain't got trade use or found on the track. What the gon' be? Just fucking throw that producer. Now we gotta get the trio pack. Yes, sir. Rocky 7 dedicated to the old motherfuckers with their grudge match. Yeah, still beating on the meat. Yes, sir. A lot of shit, a lot of shit. I'll do our best shit. I spit my best shit sometimes, I ain't got a cyber, but I be off the wall spitting this shit. Jarred off with Creasy Bear, Rocky 7 back on this shit, what the fuck's it gonna be? And it started talking about motherfucking titties, and I said Rocky 5, I don't even remember what the other bullshit I'll talk about. This motherfucking song can keep going on, and I can't what that be, yes sir, what's it gonna be? I want some motherfucking ice cream. Half a sunny, half a sunny, half a caramel sunny, half a sunny, half a sunny, half a sunny, yes sir, yes sir, I love it, motherfucker, I be craving some ice cream, it's 14 degrees, that don't make no sense, how the hell you want some motherfucking ice cream, when your nipples popping out your motherfucking shirt, cause it's so goddamn cold. Oh my God, keep it together, 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 keep it together. I love that shit. Woo! Motherfucker, drive a beat, kick it back. It's oh my God, here it is. Rocket Bottom Studio coming through. Do you know one more time? Here we go. Here it is, here it is, drop the beat back, had a fucking free, crazy bear, bed on fire, west side, east side, north side, south side, left side, right side, upside, downside, yes sir, peace out.